0: Have you even shot one of these things before? The whole 17 years we've known each other. I've been sneaking off to go on little hunting trips around the world. No, I
1: don't even know what a quail is. I feels totally ridiculous. It's like, why do I have to be in camouflage if the big bad quail doesn't see me? If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the center for pet safety the double wall rotor molded construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions also gunner kennels has a lifetime warranty these kennels are built to last a lifetime and gunner stands behind that gunner also has all the accessories you could need from fan kits to keep them cool performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels and even tie down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to yourself.com and click on the gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link
0: and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. And welcome back to another week of GDIY, everybody. Me and Adam are here. We're gonna talk about something a little more fun. I- this week hunting etiquette
1: that's right i think you guys are going to like this episode we covered uh, a bunch of topics within the topic of hunting etiquette
0: it's going to be fun (laughs) it's mainly just us griping yeah uh but it was fun is we wanted to we get a ask not a lot but we we get a fair amount of questions asking okay i'm going hunting tomorrow for the first time with this guy you know what do I need to consider, and so uh, a lot of this stuff it's it's a lot of hey if you've never done this with more with guys out in the field with their dogs some good information uh, a lot of it's just real common we put up a social media post and so we fed off a lot of people's ideas and uh, just picked the most common ones and threw them out there and gave our thoughts on it so some of them are are uh, pretty popular some of them are a little more just I guess personal choice whatever like if you get your feelings hurt like it's like oh man they're talking about me well we aren't talking about you so sorry
1: <laughs> or maybe we are because I went hunting this weekend and uh was thinking about a lot of these hunting etiquette things as I was out there so I think
0: broke, broke a few of the commandments
1: yeah I probably did It's all right still had a good time
0: so uh, yeah, so it's it's a fun episode coming up. But first, we have a little business to attend to. This month's uh, GDIY spotlight was with Canines for Warriors, and they gave us a little swag to give away to one of the patrons of the podcast. And so we did a little drawing earlier tonight, and Sean Ewald won the uh, giveaway for Canines for Warriors. So we'll be in contact with with you soon, Sean, and uh, get that in the mail. And appreciate you supporting the podcast and portion of our patreon subscribers goes towards the spotlight of the month so we have another one coming your way next week and uh, we'll just surprise you with with that company and another great company to support
1: yeah, uh, all you got to do is give us a dollar a month, and then you're eligible for these giveaways. And uh, I'll tell you, your odds are pretty good right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so get on board while you can. Uh, we yep. will have a bigger giveaway when we get enough subscribers. We, we are going to do a big Gunner Kennel giveaway uh, for Patreon once we hit a specific number of subscribers. Right now we have it set at 100. We've talked about going down to 50 uh joe's saying that we need to shoot for the sky and go for 500 subscribers though so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we we might be waiting a while on that gunner get uh giveaway but yeah so check it out uh, patreon.com forward slash gundog yourself but now that that's out of the way uh tell us more about your hunt this weekend
1: so i went to west virginia this weekend and hunted uh with a gentleman that i grew up doing a lot of work for he cut his grass cleaned his deck Painted his deck, whatever he needed done, he would just call me and I'd go do it. And he always had plenty of work for me to do. But uh he's a good friend and a mentor, and he took me to one of his favorite grouse spots. And about a hundred yards out of the truck, a bird flew out over the road. We were walking down, and I'm like, Yes, I got this thing. And I was right on it, pulled the trigger and nothing happened. I'm like, what on earth? I know I loaded my gun and it didn't click or anything. So I looked down and my, my selector was in between the over and the under, (laughs) so it wouldn't go all the way forward. So yeah, totally my fault. I had that thing dead to rights though. So
0: your, your best opportunity all year on a grouse Yeah. User error on the shotgun. There's a
1: guy that went with us that hasn't grouse hunted before. And, uh, He's like, so that was that thing was fast, man. Those are hard to hit, and I said, that is the easiest shot on a grouse we're going to see all day long. I mean, it was there was not a tree in sight that was in between us. Uh, it's always a, the easy shot, just a wide like open shot, yeah. wide open shot. But yeah, so was that the only grouse? No, we flew two more birds, and the next two were relatively close. Uh, the The second bird, the dogs didn't even get. whiff of it it was kind of up on some higher ground it was above them and there wasn't much wind so they just bumped it and it flew off we didn't have a shot at it and then probably 200 yards later uh, the the guy that i went with jimmy his dog went on point and he he had a beeper collar and we talk about beeper collars during this episode (laughs) he ran it on point mode only thank god and uh it was beeping i said jimmy is your dog on point he's like nah i think it's you know i'm messing with this and then about that time we heard it heard it flush so uh didn't get to see it
0: trust the hunter with the longest nose that's right
1: that's right so yeah it was it was good uh really good to walk through the woods with him and uh we did fly some birds the first one was you know 30 (laughs) seconds out of the truck so i'm like man this place must be great and it was it was really nice a lot of nice looking stuff in there um Because they cut trees. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Um, Really nice. What about you?
0: Didn't get to do any hunting this weekend. I was down in Georgia helping our chapter put on the spring test. The the plan was originally for a big group of us to go to West Virginia, but then uh, a bunch of the guys fell through, and it's like, all right, well, you know, I need to do as I say and preach, and went down to the chapter to help out help out with the tests and just do odd end stuff plant birds and pull we'll flight fly feathers on pheasants you know stuff like that nothing too fancy but it wasn't kind of neat you get to meet a whole bunch of people from all around the world not not the world but uh <laughs> around the country the region yeah and uh got to see a bunch of breeds that i haven't seen in person before i got oh, cool. to i got to watch a brocco italiano in the field uh that was really neat and then a guy with the uh oh, i'm gonna butcher this it, what is it a slovakian rough-haired pointer
1: uh yeah i'll go with that yeah yeah uh i mean even
0: <laughs> the judges that have been doing this obviously for years they're kind of excited they're like i've yeah. never seen one of them before that's cool so i got to see one of them uh another uh chesky fusi yeah. It's another rare breed, kind of picture like a big Griffon. Okay. Uh, maybe a little more slender than your average Griffon. Okay. And uh, finally got to see an English setter test. It's the nice. first time I've actually seen a setter at a NAVDA test testing. And uh, yeah, they they all did great. I mean, it, so it wasn't just a, a bunch of, uh, it wasn't a test dominated by short hairs. Actually, I think there was only one that I can remember that's cool so i mean by far usually you go to these tests and it's like 90 percent short hairs. sure and uh, there's only one that i can remember was a short hair the rest i mean roland ran his dog wire hair vishla yep and a bunch of poodle pointers few griffs and it's just like this is kind of neat i mean just a a wide array of breeds so i got to got to see a bunch of different breeds in action meet a bunch of good people it was really weird got a few people like coming up like hey I recognize your voice. Did you give them your autograph, man? I offered. <laughs> <laughs> I offered, and, the, and they're like, you know, I just wanted to know if that was you. I'm not interested, and then they walked away. But, uh, <laughs> no, so it, it was kind of neat and listen, uh, getting some feedback, listener feedback on some stuff, and uh, met a lot of good people. So what you can expect from a NAV to test weekend, I guess. A lot of hurry up and wait, and a lot of downtime to talk and chew the fat. And yeah. yeah and came back here so didn't have the opportunity to shoot a grouse like you but doesn't sound like it really made much of a difference for you anyway so
1: yeah i had the opportunity and i failed but (laughs) i'm sure there's plenty of people out there that'll listen to that and go yep i've done that before or you know at least there's there's always something that just uh yeah it's like the stars have to align on these grouse you know (laughs) yeah so
0: well, I guess uh, we're done recapping our exciting weekend and we can get yep. to the episode. And just remember, guys, this is just kind of a perspective, general advice on uh, hunting etiquette. But remember, at the end of the day, do what makes you happy. As long as it's legal and safe, have fun, play your game. Uh, nobody's out here saying that you you need to change the way you hunt just to make somebody else happy. Just remember that. This is kind of uh, all in good fun, but there, there are some common etiquette issues that we touch on this so uh, we hope you enjoy and hope it's informative somewhat all right we'll see you guys next week do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up train your dog but now it's time to train yourself rocky mountain hunt strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use the discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. So I think this episode is going to be pretty fun, Adam. We uh, we're essentially just going to gripe <laughs> about a lot of lot of stuff, at, uh, and we're we're no better than anybody else. I mean, I'm sure that we've been guilty of a few of these things over time. But essentially, a few weeks back, we did a social media post on just hunting etiquette and people's pet peeves and stuff. And after going through a bunch of them, and there were so many common ones that everybody talked on, we're like, well, crap, this is an episode.
1: Yeah, and we got a lot of good good feedback about it, so we thought, let's just put a microphone in front of this thing and talk about it. Nick's yeah. got a list over there, <laughs> and the computer turned, so I can't even see it. Yep. So he's probably going to bring up things that I've done to make him mad while we're hunting together. Well, and if
0: we've done this, <laughs> we're going to say it. I've been guilty of this before. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the posts, I mean, obviously, like, wait, we're going to touch on it. Gun safety. That That's obvious. I think I even put in the post, like, obviously, gun safety. But th- there were some of them that it's just like, okay, really, like, it's just like, don't shoot my dog. Well, no crap. <laughs> like, right. You know, ideally, nobody goes in the woods to shoot a dog. But uh, but some of these, we, we just wanted to cover some of the uh, common occurrences that we've all experienced, and maybe a new hunter isn't aware of it. And if you're going out for the first time with somebody, uh, especially with their dogs, and you're kind of uneasy, you don't really know how to act, you know, maybe this will help you out. And then also – maybe it's you know a little self-reflection for some people it's like hey that i do that what's so what's so wrong with that and it's like hey do you like it's your hunting it's whatever but i understand that it's
1: making (laughs) other people mad
0: yeah and so it's just like hey if that's what it takes for you to enjoy it by all means do what you do and hunt hunt your dogs, hunt your game. But but there are uh there are tendencies that can annoy other people. And so if you're that guy that's like, man, nobody wants to take me hunting or nobody wants, you know, nobody invites me, well, maybe some maybe of this applies to you.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll start by calling you out. You know, when you say not on something you've done, but <laughs> when you say, Don't shoot my dog, and you kind of discredit that, I think when we read something like that and someone just puts a few words in there and says, Don't shoot my dog, we think well, no kidding. I'm not going to shoot your dog. <laughs> but I uh, went hunting to a, a preserve a couple of years ago with both of my brothers and my dad. And my older brother, who's a pastor and you would think would be like very safe, he's the one that's kind of dangerous sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as the bird, you know, as everyone missed this one little quail that's flying away, it's like 60 yards away. My dog that wasn't steady to anything is running after it. My brother's still shooting. So I had to explain to him, dude, at 60 yards... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know, your your pattern on your shotgun is like this wide, like yeah. six feet wide. And you might put a pellet or two in my dog. It's not going to kill it, but you might give my dog the idea that, that birds are bad. Like it could associate, yeah. I'm chasing after this bird and I just got a pellet in the tail, Yeah, you know?
0: So that's I think that's what people mean when they're like don't shoot my dog oh, yeah. there's some more to it yeah yeah obviously but yeah but it's just funny how many times somebody says, just don't shoot my dog it's like right, right. check Got rule it. rule number one <laughs> yeah. yes don't shoot yeah. the dog and or so, me. so I think this is going to be a fun episode and, and we can start going down the list and I think next week uh we're going to do training etiquette too and no it's not the same thing hunting etiquette and training etiquette they're two completely different things but uh, so, yeah, we'll do hunting etiquette this week and training etiquette next week.
1: Yeah, maybe a couple weeks, maybe next week.
0: Uh, we'll surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first one, I'm just going to throw this out here because this was the the most common one. It was all over the place. Don't handle my dog. Yeah, I've been guilty of that before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think thanks. we all have sometimes. and And for the most part... I agree with it. It's like, hey, it's my dog. We're out hunting. You're not commanding my dog. You're not steering my dog. You're Mm -hmm. not doing anything. But there are certain cases that I could see, okay, that's acceptable.
1: Yeah. The first time I went, I think it was the first time. No, I'd been hunting with dogs a couple times. But I went uh, hog hunting with dogs. It's been, man, maybe 10 years ago. And I was kind of like cheering the dogs on as the, <laughs> as they're baying this hog. I mean, I wasn't cheering, yeah, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, you I'm excited him. about it. And, uh, Jackie's uncle kind of nudged me and was like, Hey, stop, stop. Like you don't handle another man's dog, you know? <laughs> and I kind of felt like, oh man, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. but, uh, yeah, definitely people think that your dog needs encouragement or something. Um, I've had people do it. If a dog's retrieving something, they're like, good boy, as yeah. the dog's coming back. And I'm like, no, not good boy yet. He's not here.
0: It's not completed. Right.
1: So, and then, and then they're like, oh, my fault. You know, they feel (laughs) bad. So,
0: yeah. Well, and, and I'm taking this more so in the light of, you know, Recalling someone else's dog or you're yelling woe at the other do- person's dog or steering them like hey you know casting them or something like that and so uh, if it's that case and you're just in the woods hunting it's just like okay yeah leave my dog alone let it let it work but if it's a safety issue if it's about to run on a road or something and you see a car coming obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say don't handle my dog like mm-hmm. you know yell something at my dog if you see something uh, and then also say we're kind of spread out we're 20 to 30 yards apart in the grouse woods it's still greened up it's still early season we can't see each other the dog happens to go in front of you and goes on point or something another one comes in behind it and it's not backing yeah handle that dog because it's going to mess up the the sequence something like that i I can kind of see where it comes into play but don't don't be controlling the hunt with another man's dog is really how i look at it
1: yeah, I think there's levels of familiarity. That's what that's where the exceptions come in. Like you and I train together a lot. Um, so if, if I see one of your dogs doing something and maybe you're not in a position to correct that, and I know Nick would want to correct this, yeah, then I would correct it. I feel like you would probably want me to. What do yeah. you think?
0: Yeah, but that also—that's funny. If you're like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean it's. But that goes back into our relationship, and you're familiar with what I want. So, say you're going out with another guy for the first time, and you don't know. um, Just err on the safe side and don't say anything to his dog. Maybe afterwards, ask him. Ask about it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. after the fact. Yeah. So makes sense. But yeah, that that was probably the most common one that people got upset about is stop hacking my dog. And so I I figured, well, let's just start off with that one and cover that. And it, it kind of surprised me how often it came up, but I get it. You don't want other people controlling your dog.
1: I've got to imagine that that comes from a non-dog owner that doesn't know. And yeah. And they're out there hunting with someone that does have a dog and they think that the dog needs encouragement and needs like cheering on or something. I was guilty of it. And that's, I didn't think the dog needed me to yep. cheer him on, but. I mean, I felt pretty stupid after Yep. now looking back at it, but someone that's never hunted around dogs before
0: you just don't know any better for sure. So let's go on to the next one. Don't shoot over my dog. Kind of what we already touched on with 60 yards out, but this kind of goes into, I'm just going to include gun safety overall into this. Let's include low flyers, ground swatting, running, even fur game. So so, for instance, I went hunting a couple weeks back with a guy, and he was just like, are there rabbits out here? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, well, I'm going to shoot a rabbit. And I'm like, you know, that's fine with me. Some people, absolutely not. You don't shoot shoot rabbits around their point dogs. But I'm one of the guys, versatile dog. I don't care. He'll shoot squirrels and everything. <laughs> I'll shoot everything. But I just told him, you you need to be 100% sure where all the dogs are. Obviously, people. Like, I am Obviously, be safe around people with guns and, and and all that. So I think everybody is is familiar with gun safety. So I'm just talking about, for instance, a rabbit flushes out. You need to know where those dogs are. If you don't know where every dog is and accounted for, you don't shoot a rabbit. It's tasty. It's not worth it. No, it's definitely not <laughs> worth it if you don't know
1: where all the people number one are and number two all the dogs. Um, so don't shoot
0: over my dog let's like let's define what that means i I know where you're going with that okay we're we're gonna get there in a second let's stay on this gun safety real quick for a second low flyers what people mean by that is if the bird does if you don't see daylight underneath that bird you don't shoot because that means it's a low flyer it's maybe within the height of another person maybe a dog whatever just play it safe and don't shoot the bird yeah, fair
1: enough. I think that's usually with pen raised birds. Yeah, most wild birds are yeah. not going to be low enough. There's there's well, certain times. Sometimes they could. will.
0: Uh, wild birds usually they're running or they're flushing hard. Right. And uh, but yeah, usually it's pen raised birds on that. But uh, same but, thing there. Like the rabbit's not worth it. Neither yeah. is the bird. If yeah. it's when in doubt, don't don't pull the trigger. Exactly. And uh, that also like we we're just talking about wild birds ground swatting and runners kind of the same thing a little bit um i tell i've been in the woods and i had my buddy adam in wisconsin with me and we look up and there's two three grouse sitting under a spruce tree over there and he's about to blast and i'm like no (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) no and he looks at me like why not i'm like do not ground swat that bird With my dogs in the area, and he kind of looked at me, and he's not an Upland guy. He's got a lab, but he's never done Upland. He's just like, "What?" I'm like, "Man, you don't deflection all that. Like you don't right. You just don't ground swat the birds." I'm like, "Go kick them up and shoot." I don't. I don't care the dogs. And you've seen how
1: fast these dogs are all day long. It's safe now, but in just a couple seconds or half a second the dog could be somewhere where it's not safe yeah i i had that happen i took a couple (laughs) guys to a preserve one time and i so far i covered everything on the list that you know that you have on the list so far and was talking about all that and was like do not shoot a bird off the ground it's not worth it we'll make it fly yeah you know if i have to pick up this pin-raised quail (laughs) and throw it you can shoot at it that way and these birds had coveyed up it was like near the end of the day they're in this pine thicket and they would not fly they just run they're running around yeah and we were chasing them dogs were chasing them (laughs) and finally this guy was fed up with it and
0: i saw him like zeroing in on this this quail i'm like no absolutely not Yeah. well runners are kind of it's kind of similar to the ground swat and and what's funny is that we actually told the story on the podcast on the wisconsin trip recap a few months ago uh (laughs) we we had a grouse get up we winged it and it went down and Austin went in there to go go flush it and he was like it's staring right at me and then it took off running and it's just like well go get it (laughs) like yeah but then we hear joe on the other side of the wood like tree line going it's right here, boom, boom, and I'm like, I'm just cringing. I'm like, oh right. man, he had no idea where the dogs were, and like afterwards, like we, we had a little talk after that. I, like, I, yeah, I mean,
1: I I kind of cringed when when I heard that episode and the recap. <laughs> I was like, oh no, yeah. But in Joe's defense, like I've hunted a decent amount, with Joe. He he's
0: safe. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, He He probably
1: knew where every person and every dog was and was like, all right, I'm taking this thing off the ground. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, we talked afterwards and like you said, he's safe and it wasn't like, don't ever do that again. But I'm like, Bro, like the running bird is not worth that. Like the dogs will find it. And he was probably like, bro, I knew where everyone was. (laughs) But probably. But uh, it was still funny. Like I couldn't help but just, it's over here, boom. I'm just sitting there cringing. I'm like, oh, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so so again, all those examples we've dealt with. But back to your point that I think you're getting to is don't shoot over my dog. Level of steadiness in the training in that dog kind of plays into that. Right. Because the way I hear that is don't shoot over my dog is when the bird flushes, you're not shooting over the dog. that's either breaking or also if the if the dog is pointing and you're on the right of the dog and the bird flushes left, you're not shooting over the dog to hit the bird that went left, if that makes sense. And so, like... I understand what you're saying. I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on, you know, I'm still trying to define over the dog. Because I I had a case one time where we are shooting some pen-raised birds. Connor was shooting. And the person's like, wait a minute, don't shoot over the dog. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, I'm standing right there with him because he's 12. And I just, he's very safe, but... I wanted to make sure everything was fine. I'm like, he's not over the dog. He's to the right of the dog. So, everyone kind of defines it differently. That's why I'm stuck up on it. So, their thing was about damaging the dog's hearing. Yes. They didn't want you to be too close to the dog. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's that. I'm going to go with actually physically shooting over the dog for just gun safety more i know the example you're talking about they were concerned about the hearing because they had another dog that went deaf because of that yeah but rightfully uh, so but i think most people are concerned about this the gun safety safety. and so but the dog steadiness kind of plays into that and that's why we talk about you know you don't have to steady your dog all the way through to the release like we do in, in navda testing but that's why we say preferably We, uh, if it's just hunting, we prefer dogs that are steady to the shot because they're not going to break on the flesh. And generally, if you're only (laughs) aiming at the bird, you shouldn't have to worry about shooting over the dog. And that mitigates a lot
1: of the concern of shooting over the dog. So that's probably a steadiness related thing. I agree.
0: So here's another popular one. Uh, only shoot birds that my dog points. Okay. And so, If you've hunted
1: grouse in East Tennessee, you won't say that, man. If you got a (laughs) shot at it, take it. That's
0: the way I feel. Well, and I'm glad you said that because to me, the handler rules on this or not. Okay. It's each handler's different and it doesn't even have to be handler. Like it's with me, for instance, two different dogs, two different training levels, Rachel wild flush. Hey, I don't necessarily want to shoot the wild flush bird. Sure. But if I'm taking somebody hunting with me and a bird gets up and flushes or she bumps, the wind's not right, whatever, take it. I don't care with it right, with it being Rachel. Lucy, while we're working on the, the pointing and, and the specific stuff that we're working on training, I'm only shooting tra- pointed birds with her. So whenever you're going hunting with another man's dog, you ask, "Hey, are we only shooting pointed birds on this?" Yeah
1: And my my standards on that uh, have a lot of conditions associated to them, so I'm I'm at the same. Well, you're you're further ahead in training, Lucy, than I am, Mitchell. But I mean, yeah, East Tennessee this year. I'm like I'm shooting a grouse if I have a chance. <laughs> yeah, but if we were in Wisconsin for a week, I'd probably say I'm only going to shoot pointed birds because yes. I'm going to have more opportunities. Yeah, um, you know. It so so that's really what determines my standards and some people hear that and they're probably like well you've got to have a standard and stick to it okay <laughs> if i shoot one bird in east tennessee over my dog that he when didn't you see when, when you see
0: one bird in four years right yeah
1: so if i shoot one that he didn't handle perfectly it's not like that's it man you've ruined steadiness <laughs> like it's not a problem i'll get a couple pen raised birds and, and clean it. that right up yeah yeah but if you continually do it, you will yeah. teach the dog that
0: it doesn't have to do yeah. that. But you'd be surprised, honestly, if you don't do this when you start going to hunt hunt with other people, how many different answers you're going to get from people. Some of the people that you swear only shoot pointed birds, they'll be like, I don't care if it flies, if it flies, it dies. Yeah. Uh, but then others that you would expect like to have that sentiment, you ask them, I was like, no, you only shoot pointed birds over my dog. It's right. like, and And it's their dogs. So... So whether you you play by, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like house rules. It's handler rules. If it's their dog, they make the rules. And so whether you, whether you disagree with it or not, like go find another hunting partner then. And so that, that's a pretty common one right there that I always ask people when I'm hunting with their other dogs, even when I have my dogs on the ground and we're hunting as a group, I still ask.
1: Okay. So how's that work when you go to hunt with someone, you've got Lucy out. And you say, "Hey, man, do you just want to shoot pointed birds?" And they, "Oh, absolutely, I'm only shooting pointed birds." Or, 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 uh, let's take it the other way: they're gonna shoot. They're gonna say, "If it flies, it dies," and you've got Lucy out. What do
0: you do then? I don't take Lucy out with them. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, honestly, like uh, I don't know if you've noticed. Usually, I'm one of the last ones to make up my mind on which dog I'm running because I'm. You want to see everyone else? uh, Yeah, especially in our group. And this is going to get into another point that we're going into next. So it's like, I want to know what the other dogs and goals are that's going down. And then I'll make my decision on which dog I'm running. But in our group, everybody else really only has one dog. So I'm really the only one making a decision. And I I know where everybody's at. But when we went hunting with bluegrass uplanders, there's so many people in the group that I was just like, all right, who we're running with. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to run that one with that one and so on and so forth. Yep. So I actually do put thought into what you just said. So it's this kind of preconceived planning. <laughs> yeah. So to get into that next point, or actually no, that one's coming down later. This one is know your dog's temperament around other dogs. I had uh,
1: the gentleman I talked to this morning that I grew up doing a lot of work for. He's got setters and, and he was telling me about some of the stuff he's been doing with them and, by the way, he thinks short hairs are crazy, so I'm excited to go hunt with him in a couple weeks <laughs> and hopefully Mitchell doesn't act crazy. But uh he said, Have you hunted your dog with, with some other dogs? I'm like, Yeah, of course. Yeah. But he was concerned about he's got an intact male. The other guy we're yeah. going with has an intact male. He knows that Mitchell's the same way. So I'm like, it's I've never had an my dog has never started something like that. But some some male dogs really seem to start, they just don't like any other male dogs.
0: And don't be that guy that every time your dog gets in a fight that says, it's the other dog's fault. Like, I mean, don't be the, you know, that's like the six-year-old kid. that He started it. No, like, be realistic and honest with yourself. If your dog, if you always find yourself pulling your dog apart from another dog, odds are, your dog has an issue around other dogs.
1: Right. It's easy to see from, from my perspective. My my last dog was like that male dog. It just didn't like other male dogs. Yeah. I don't know if it's something I did or if it was just genetically programmed that way. Mitchell's not that way. So it's easy for me to see now, okay, my dog's got no problem with any of the Bluegrass Uplanders dogs. It's got no problem with Jack. You know, Jack's yeah. like best friend, right? But there's other dogs that when they're around, I'm like, all right, here we go. When's it going to happen? Yeah. You know? So the other side of that, though, it's hard to see,
0: you know, yeah. un- until you have well, a this dog is, that's this not always more, starting stuff. This is more for the people that we know. It's a It's a repeat offense. And so, right. it, you know, just... Don't automatically go throw your dog in the woods with a a group of other dogs or another guy's just one dog or whatever without testing it out first and being honest with yourself and the other hunter and be like, hey, look, sometimes he doesn't get along with other dogs. And also, it's not just while they're hunting. Hunting, some dogs are perfectly fine because they're out searching, they're hunting, they have something else to occupy their mind, but their tailgate manners are are completely different and so this kind of goes into the next section of that is when you get out of the woods and you're done hunting don't just let your dog run around the trucks or camp or anything do your tailgate check and put them up there's i mean a lot of people when they get back to the tailgate what do they do you know sometimes they they do supplements some people even feed their dogs like there's food at play then and and it's just they're winding down from being excited and hunting all day, they're tired, they're hungry. Just put your dog up because a lot of dogs may not fight out while hunting, but they may fight when you get back to the truck.
1: Yeah, and we, we do things in the same order. When we're getting ready to hunt, the dogs are the last thing to come out. I mean, we get all of our stuff ready, and then once everyone's good, we get the dogs out, collar them up, and we go. And then when we're finished hunting, the dogs are the first thing to be put away. And it's, it's really safe for the dog that way. Yeah. I want to put, when I'm done hunting, I want to put my dog away so that it's not messing around at the campsite. Or usually we're going to be parked somewhere where there may be traffic or something. I want the dog out of the equation and then I can put my stuff away,
0: get a beer, get a snack, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So let's go to the next one. Let's go. Be honest about your dog's capabilities. Well, man, I mean, come <laughs> on, that's like that's. I mean, I mean, my dog's the best in the world. Does everyone's dog is the
1: best dog in the world. Uh, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> this is I always going to bite you in the end, dude. That is the <laughs> problem with any any dog training, dog hunting, anything. No one thinks that their dog is horrible. No one yeah. thinks their kids are horrible either, yeah. right?
0: Well, I mean,
1: unless you just flat out have. A horrible kid or a horrible dog? You're like, yes, my dog's horrible. You don't meet a lot of people. Well, I'm not. It's, it's guys like me that are really guilty of it. I've got one dog. Yeah, so I don't, I don't have the ability to go. That one's better than this one at this certain <laughs> thing. It's well, like, oh yeah, he's great at everything. It's, it's
0: not a comparison thing. Like my issue is, we've all been around that guy that their dog can do no wrong. And we've all seen hunting trips actually get planned around that dog, and then you go out there, and then come to find out, it's just like, oh, that dog's not pointed in in years, <laughs> or yeah. or whatever it may be that you know it's a flushing dog that just doesn't do its job, Wh- whatever. And so it's just like. You talking your dog up and over exaggerating what it can do and how it runs, it can really just affect the overall enjoyment of the day for everybody, especially if you're taking a new hunter or somebody that doesn't have a dog and just wants to see a dog work. It's just like, be realistic, set the bar low. And if you exceed the bar, then it's like, oh man, that dog's awesome. But if you're sitting here saying like, man, my dog steady to release, my dog has never lost a bird, my dog does everything perfect, then you have a lot to live up to. And it's just like, just just be realistic. Just be like, yeah, you know, it's it does this okay. And, you know, hopefully we can get on some birds. For me, this is why testing is so important because I
1: I'll have a hard time telling you what my dog is not good at, right? Everyone wants to say their dog is good. Well, there's a testing format that says whether or not... I don't want to say good, right? But in my mind, I have a standard, to. so I'm going to get into like breeding, (laughs) right? I mean, everyone wants to breed... Not everyone. A lot of people want to breed their dog because they think their dog's great and they want to reproduce that. I mean, if if you want to breed your dog and you think your dog's great, that's fine. Go for it. But I plan to use NAVDA as a way to determine if i should breed my waiting out tool yeah Yeah. and each each breed probably has their their own standard right for for breeds that don't have a really large gene pool like norm you know Spinonis. yeah if you waited until you got a vc spinoni i mean
0: be waiting a while be
1: waiting a while because there's not that many of them right so so norm has done a phenomenal job with Putting prize one and a dogs prize one utility uh, spinonis together and stuff like that. For anyways, you know, it just we could go down a big rabbit hole, but I think it's important to use different testing formats to have someone else tell you objectively your dog's not great at this. Yeah, like
0: the numbers don't lie, humble you a little bit. Yes, And, and so back to the hunting perspective of this, like, like what I was just talking about. I'm usually one of the last ones deciding on which dog I'm going to run based on what, what dog they're running. And so a lot of the time, if I've never been in the field with those people's dogs, I have to take their word at what their dog does well and what it doesn't do well. And so that kind of plays into it. You can affect another guys hunt and how they're going to hunt their dog. If you're not honest about yours and, it's not a big deal. we've all been in scenarios where the dog doesn't act right. We've been in scenarios with young dogs figuring it out we've been we've been in scenarios with dogs that just aren't that good, but we love them anyway, and we take them anyway like it's it, but it's just just be honest yeah it's just honesty that's so all honesty
1: is. right so I went down a slight like breeding and testing rabbit <laughs> hole social media, so you see pictures of dogs on social media with Two or three dogs backing another dog on point, yeah. and you are like, man, that's impressive. Some of the people I've hunted with dogs on point, their dog blows by, doesn't back it, yeah. and I am like, oh, okay, not a tragedy, you know. And then they scream whoa at their dog, and then so and it keeps an running, and they keep yelling whoa, and it keeps moving around. But then you see the same people with like the honoring, a, yeah, the honoring pictures, yeah, so. Anytime someone tells you at the tailgate what their dog's capabilities are, kind of take it with a grain of salt. Well, no
0: joke, man. I've been in the field with one guy in particular. I'm sure other people do it, but one guy in particular, uh, training with him, he took a video of his dog Mm -hmm. and then took a picture from out of that video. A little screenshot. And said the dog was on point. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) so i mean it's just like all right like he just i don't know it's honesty just be honest if you're honest then you don't have anything to worry about but you create this huge big picture of how perfect your dog is guess what you only have downhill to go yeah that's right so uh let's move on to the next one uh don't outpace my dog and i like this one i do i do
1: too i just kind of like Yeah, turned my head and raised my eyebrows like yeah please don't because if you start walking fast my dog's gonna start hunting
0: faster and depending on the cover i might want to slow down and you know cover it more thoroughly also the just the endurance of the dog too and then i mean we i don't care how important it is everybody's been a little guilty to it uh, of this every now and again, because they'll just space out. You know, you're in the middle of woods. You start thinking and you hadn't come across a bird contact in a while. You just start getting it. You you just start, you just start humping it. You start eating that hill. It's just like whatever. And it's, then you look down it's like, man, I need to slow down. (laughs) Like just don't outpace the dog. Let the dog work. Let it cover the ground. Let it cover the cover and, and be good to go. Yeah. It's frustrating
1: for me when I'm hunting with someone and this is exactly (laughs) what this point's talking about i think and they're like two steps ahead of me the whole time yeah if if i'm the only person out there with a the dog i feel like i should be the one controlling the direction and
0: the pace yeah yeah so. so i think that one was pretty easy and we both agree with that one uh next one i don't know on this one i can kind of see the point on this hear your thoughts on it the pointing dog gets the retrieve and this could work for flushers also but essentially rephrase it to the dog that finds the bird gets the retrieve.
1: Yeah. I mean, my initial thought is like, well, heck yeah, it does. Cause that's kind of standard, standard practice. The dog pointed it, it also gets the retrieve, but why have we conditioned ourselves to think that way? What do you think?
0: Well, to me, it depends on the steadiness and training level again if you don't have a a bunch of finished dogs that are trained to release, I mean, you're talking about all the dogs have to be trained to release on that. Cause I mean, how else are you going to control it? I mean, I guess you can woe or stay or, or whatever after that, but it's like, grow up and hold their collar. It, y- yeah, <laughs> yeah I, mean. I guess. Uh, so, I mean, it's like, I, I enjoy the sentiment of it. It's like that dog did the work. It found the bird. It gets the retrieve. I, I kind of like that just on the face of it. But how often have you been in the field or the woods with where every dog on the ground has been trained steady to release? Never. Exactly. So, I mean, unless you just, you want to hear a bunch of people yell at their dogs, whoa, stay or whatever. How are you really going to enforce that?
1: Here's the question. Is it, is it for the dog or is it for the handler? that that dog gets the
0: retrieve. Oh, that's for the handler for sure. That's a pride issue. I think so. I mean, so, well, I don't, well, I disagree. I don't think it's a pride issue, but I think it is
1: for the handler because like my dog found and pointed this bird. I want to I want my dog to get the full sequence. Yeah. That's my thought. I mean, I don't think there's a dog that's like, I found this bird. (laughs) I should get to retrieve it. I mean, as much as you want to retrieve. Sure. The dog might run after it and and try to steal it from the other dog that's yeah. getting the retrieve. But when that bird goes in the bag, they're probably yeah.
0: just going to keep on hunting. Yeah. They're not going to think twice about it. But that that's my deal. It's like, yeah, I enjoyed the thought behind it. Like yeah. it they find it. They get, get to retrieve it. I don't know how enforceable or realistic that is. Now, if we're talking like a training field, like we're all training utility dogs and they're supposed to be trained to release, like okay yeah but if you're talking about wild bird hunting and like we just said i've never been in the field to where every dog in the field has been trained to release i mean unless i'm hunting with rachel or lucy by themselves i mean yeah, i mean it, even in a training field though <laughs>
1: you know it's i just don't know it's how good I, it's good to let the not like the dog that didn't point it's good yeah. to let them get the retrieve if yeah. you're in the if you're in the navda stuff your dog's gonna have to do that yeah at the invitational yeah so you might as well start working it as you're running a brace yeah especially if the dog moves a foot or something
0: right it, training yeah okay that's what we're doing we're training that uh, that makes sense while bird hunting i just don't know how realistic or enforceable that really is yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's just my thought process on it. I like the thought of it. I just don't see it being really, really able to take hold.
1: Yeah, I agree. But if it's my dog, you better hold yours back so I can get the retrieve. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: leash him up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another retrieve one here. My dog retrieves the bird, and it's bringing it back to me, not you.
1: Yeah, I want. I want my dog to. To bring it to me.
0: Yeah. 100%. Well, and what's funny is me and you shot quail a number of weeks back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucy passed oh, by man. you. I don't know how many yards she went by you. I was on the other side of the tree line. And well, we're on the, there was a fence <laughs> in between us, and
1: we we split this fence, and the quail all came out on my side. We put three down, but they're on my side of the fence. Lucy was on your side of the fence and there's like no gap. So I'm like, (laughs) pass her over to me because we're wanting her to get the retrieves in. I mean, I could have went and just picked up the three birds, but we wanted to see the full sequence. So you get Lucy over there. She's, she goes out, grabs a bird. Nick's walking like 300, uh, maybe let's say 150 yards back to find a gap in the fence. Lucy goes and gets the bird. That's like 20 yards from me. And I was just if she brought it to me, I was gonna take it from her. Yeah. But I wasn't gonna try to get her to bring it to me. She ran past me and hundred and fifty yards back to where Nick was <laughs> and, and just waited on me. And yeah. And then waited for him. Yep. And then came flying right back past get me another to one get the next one.
0: <laughs> it was pretty cool. Well and and also uh went grouse hunting with Jason. Jason doesn't have dogs. He's not familiar with dogs. I was first or second day out with dogs <laughs> yeah. and finally shoot the tennessee unicorn and uh this the second one the one he shot he shoots it she goes up there and trees, and i'm trying to get out i'm trying to get up this ridge to get up on the trail that he's on because i know what she's gonna do she's gonna go grab the bird and she's not giving it to him and sure enough i'm trying to get up there and i look up and she's on the edge and he didn't know, and I didn't think to tell him before this. But by the time I finally made it up, I get up there, and he's just trying to wrestle this bird yeah. away from her, <laughs> and she's like, "What are you doing?" No, and uh, so he he lost the telefan because of it. And I, I I told him afterwards, I'm like, "She's only bringing that bird back to me, like <laughs> me personally. Like I'm, hey, get the bird." And then I actually showed him. Like, hey, this is how you release the bird from her. Right. Like he wasn't giving a command or anything. He was just trying to pull the bird out out of her mouth. No,
1: it go even if you and, show him that it goes yeah. back to the don't handle my dog. Yeah. So, but he didn't know. He's not a dog no, guy. No. And so
0: I, I wasn't upset or anything. But sure. there's two examples right there in the past <laughs> two months of the dog is going to bring back the bird usually to the person that handles her and trained her to retrieve and everything uh but i don't know are you gonna get upset at somebody like say you're on the other side of the fence like are you gonna say don't call my dog or try to get that bird
1: no i think i I wouldn't mind if if the dog uh if you and i are right there together and the dog took the bird to you i wouldn't be upset with you you'd be upset with the dog I'd be upset with the dog like yeah. hey wrong guy bring it over here <laughs> um and then I, if i saw it about to unfold i'd probably tell you and so. you you would know like i'm not taking this adam's right here next to me um but yeah i, I mean in a hunting situation again i'm kind of thinking of training like so when we're out training and guys are shooting birds for my dog and i'm just handling the dog i actually want them once the dog passes to take a step back behind me, so that the dog brings the bird to me, yeah. and not someone else. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, during the test, the gunners, the good gunners, they know Should to turn be their back behind the handler. Yeah, they usually at least turn turn their back to the dog. That try and get behind the handler if they can. Um, I'd rather them be behind me, like yeah. not
1: right behind me, yeah. but like off to the side and a couple steps. You stand out, to, yeah, so that I stand out. Turning their back. I don't know if I like that because, I mean, I've read things before that are like, to get the dog to come to you, turn, turn your back, back from it. Yeah. So, if that theory is correct, which I, I do believe in that theory a I was bit. about to with say the little puppy, yeah. it doesn't necessarily make sense for the gunner to turn their back because the dog yeah. might be like, oh, what's going on over there? Yeah, yeah. So, well no that's training. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about hunting.
0: But <laughs> yeah. We'll get to it, training later. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that... Uh, I'm going to chalk that one up kind of like only shoot pointed birds. Just talk to the dog owner beforehand, but down here in Tennessee, we don't have to worry about that too much. We don't have too many retrieving opportunities on wild birds. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, next one where this is going to kind of go into more people focus, you know, everything's already been, it's kind of included the dog a lot. So this is going to be just more focus on people. Uh, be quiet. This is a big one for me. Like this is this is one of my top pet peeves when I'm hunting with people, especially new people, is the people that are constantly making noise. I don't mind a little talk here and there. I don't mind taking a break here and there. But if you're constantly hacking at your dog, if you're constantly oh, yeah. yelling and recalling your dog, you know Okay,
1: I thought you were talking about having a conversation. That's one thing I love about upland hunting and waterfowl hunting is you're able to have a conversation yeah and, and maybe you're gonna scare some grouse away in the process but that's part, you know, that's I, part of it i, I, I want to have a conversation as we walk through the woods light conversation
0: yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um but yeah, I'm talking. But you're about, talking about the just, guy that's constantly handling ins- his dog.
0: Yeah, just needless noise. Oh just yeah. Just always hacking at their dog. Always just go over there, go over there, come here, 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 here. Go on, and and it, like you were talking about earlier, always good, good job, good, good boy, good girl. And it's right. like they're not doing anything. Like just let them hunt and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, uh, they don't need to be told hunt them up every 15 seconds. No, if your dog is always looking back at you, waiting for you to say hunt them up, you have created that issue by doing that yes. all the time. Yes, yeah. And here, this is just me. This is my pet peeve. And I, I'm going to elaborate on it the bells, the beepers. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, it, not everybody has the means to buy a GPS collar. Or anything like that, but it's like if some you some people don't want them. No, some people don't want them, and yeah. I, I get that. So it's just like if that's your means of tracking your dog, by all means, use that. I, I can put up with that a lot less. But I I hunted with one dude three years ago. No joke. He had the Garmin Alpha. He had a bell on, and he had a beeper collar, oh, not man. on point mode. You have him on a check cord too. <laughs> I I spent five minutes with him and I flat out told him, like I can't do this. You got to turn something off, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I um uh, I don't like beeper collars. They I, I don't
1: mind if it's on point mode. Yeah, and it and it beeps when it's on point. That doesn't bother me so much. But the constant like beep every couple seconds, yeah. it kind of takes away from the like tranquility of being in the woods. Yeah, I feel and the it, same way about yeah, the bell too. See, but the bell doesn't bother me. Like when I hear the bell. I hear tradition, and there's an art to being able to hear the bell. I hunted, uh, I guess, last season in Virginia hunting woodcock. I ran a bell on the dog, even though I had the Garmin Alpha on. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was that guy, but the but I never needed to look down at the Garmin Alpha. So the yeah. Garmin Alpha was my insurance Safety. policy yeah. on, okay, he went out of bell range, What's he doing? I can look down and go, he's headed towards the road. I need to fix that. Or he's running in a straight line at 15 miles an hour. He's chasing a deer maybe or whatever, right? Really, you never have to look at the GPS collar, but listening to the bell and you can start to listen to the different sounds that it makes and know at what speed the dog's running. You can almost, you know, when it's like, tink, 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 tink. You're like the dog, (laughs) the dog has his nose to the ground right now yeah so there's an art to that and i appreciate the bell from kind of an old timer perspective and and i'm surprised that you don't like bells as much as you are I, like a grouse woods fanatic
0: traditional yeah, yeah i eat up all the tradition but man the the bell i can tune out the bell a lot quicker than i can tune up the mac truck backing up through the woods Just, yeah i that i the, don't like the, that if you use a beeper Turn it on point mode. Like, like the bell I can put up with, I can tune that out to a certain degree. But if I'm just hearing an electronic beep, beep like uh, beep, it's like good God. It's just how do you listen to that? Like you can't well, tune that out. Well, I mean, everyone has different things.
1: <laughs> I don't personally I don't like the beeper either, but yeah, there are a lot of people that'll hear that and say what's the big deal about the beeper yeah like gps collars you know yeah so you don't like it but it's not wrong no it's it's not it's just not what you prefer i don't mind a bell i don't i don't run the bell on mitchell anymore but
0: it's in my truck yeah case well, i decide to use it and back to the beeper what's funny is that this may be why people use beeper in iowa there was a specific spot to where we didn't see any dog or see hunters but we heard the damn beep if <laughs> we stayed away from that beep yeah and that's that's one
1: benefit i could see yeah we heard that beep and we me we per- knew to go the other way yeah
0: me personally i'm not putting up with it just for that one benefit but yeah that's just me uh Next one, this this one's going to be real quick to cover. Let the bird get far enough out before you shoot it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you're in the grouse woods, this is like you it's just shoot. A, what you you can, just shoot. Man. But, man, if you're in the open field, there's no trees in the way or whatever, and you have a that that perfect shot to where you cheek to the stock, you're leading it and everything, don't shoot it 10 yards out. Yeah, Let it get a little far out. Don't let it pillow, because all you're doing is laying waste to the bird. You can't eat it. The dogs don't want to retrieve it. Like, it I think that one's just pretty self-explanatory.
1: <laughs> I think that's a pen-raised bird thing, too.
0: Oh, big time the, in the training field. Yeah, yeah. By
1: the time a, a wild quail gets up and you're able to, to yeah. get on it, it's far enough. Yeah. I think.
0: Yep. So that one covers that. Th- this next one... Now, this one... uh Unlike the beepers, it's like, hey, you run a beeper, run a beeper. I I personally despise it, but you're going to do you. Like, I'm not going to just leave the woods because you do that. This no, one. I don't like beepers. I just want to yeah. be clear. When I see one <laughs> come out, I'm like, oh, no, the guy's the, got a beeper. <laughs> yep. This, you
1: know, so this is about etiquette, right? So it's, it's not necessarily. Well, we've already shared what we like and don't like. Proper etiquette, though, is to say. I usually run a beeper on my dog. Yes. Do you mind? Yes. I usually run a bell on my dog. What's your preference? Yeah.
0: You know, no going in realistic realistic expectations. If you're just gonna run it either way, then don't ask. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So, uh, unlike that one, to where it's just like, okay, I'll put up with it. Like that's what you do. That's what you do. This one, this is the one annoys the crap out of me, and I, I literally, I have. My buddy Adam, again, I've gotten onto him, and I'm like, get over it, you big baby. Do we have to wear orange? I can't stand the person that asks every time you go to a a hunting spot, what are the regulations on our orange in this state? Who gives a crap? Put some orange on. It's a color. (laughs)
1: Well, if someone's asking about what's the regulation, some states do have square inches. Yeah, but you it's never it's number ne- of square inches. It's
0: never somebody saying, I can dress down the orange based on the regulations. It's like, well, do I have to wear that orange? Well, what's
1: the point? I mean, does it matter if you're wearing orange hunting up on birds? You that's that,
0: that's my point. Like just I, wear I the orange. That.
1: But when when people are like, hey, what's the regulation on this state for orange? Um Yeah, if it's some states are just you have to have an article of orange on okay well i might not wear an orange hat i might want to wear a beanie that's not orange and i'll only wear my vest but if it's like you've got to have x number square inches of orange then i'm going to wear my vest my shirt that has orange on the sleeves and an orange hat so i make sure i've got enough orange on
0: i mean my main thing is like it's a freaking color i don't care if you hate ut or Texas or whatever. Just yeah. wear the freaking orange. It's safety <laughs> helps me see you like I mean it's 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 stupid. Like well, I, every time somebody says that I'm like just put an orange hat on and go out in the field and hunt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're pretty passionate about it. I definitely want the other people that I'm hunting or training with to have orange on for yeah. their own safety. Yes. I don't want to shoot someone. And this may so. this
0: may go back to where I've literally I've driven out to a place with a guy before who didn't have orange. And oh, so we, I got you covered. We, we I've have got to like go, six orange dri- hats yeah. in my truck. And we have to drive back to get orange. It's like, you're going hunting. How do you not have orange in the truck? <laughs> well, I hate wearing orange. Why? Like, it's not a fashion yeah. statement. You're going yeah. hunting. <laughs> so... That's that's a big pet peeve of mine. Like that's, I can tell, yeah, <laughs> I, I get passionate about that. Just wear the freaking orange. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, most of the most of the gear that you buy for upland hunting, anyways, is gonna it's orange on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, all right, uh, next one. Don't skip ahead in the field. Okay, what do you mean? Uh, you see doesn't even have to be in your group you see someone else hunting a s- specific direction in a field you're gonna bomb rush them to get out in front of them hmm.
1: yeah we're, we're trying to, 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 to
0: skip the, skip in line
1: <clears throat> this is where etiquette becomes important i mean if you know that they're going to get to that good spot before you are And you speed up. I mean, yeah, it's just going to create problems. Chances are you're going to not be that far ahead of them anyways. And they're just going to be in the way. And you're probably not going to be productive in that spot. So, yeah, I mean, someone's got to be the grown-up and head in the other direction. To me, this
0: is real simple. If you can honestly think about what you're doing and ask yourself, would I be mad if somebody did this to me? Then don't do it. That's really
1: easy. I agree that it's simple because we're sitting inside in jeans and a t-shirt right now. But on a, you know, when all week we've been talking about, we're going to this place. We've been, you know, we've shared the grid coordinate with each other. We're doing some map scouting. On Friday night, we're talking about it. On Saturday, we show up. We don't see any other trucks there. We get there. Like there's a lot that goes into it, right? Yeah. And then we see that other person. It's not so simple then to go, yeah, we just go the other way. Yeah. Like we've been thinking about this all week. Yeah. That's where it's not simple.
0: But it's public land. It's, you know, it's just that that's the way I look at it. It's like, all right, if I was headed that way and somebody skipped me, would I be pissed off? Yeah. So I'm not going to do it. Somebody else does it jeopardize where I wanted to hunt? Sure. But I mean, heck, we saw in Iowa, we hunted behind multiple people that just covered the ground that we, like they just finished and then we went and found birds in. So wait till they get done, whatever. So I don't see it being as much of a
1: problem with upland hunting because you're covering so much ground. Yeah. So if there's one little patch of cover that someone else is going to beat me to, it's, it's very easy for us to go, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Let's move on deer hunting duck, duck hunting. hunting oh man someone beat you God to that spot yeah. and it's i mean you've been again you've been talking all about week. it all week you planned for it you probably got to the boat ramp at some ridiculous it time in the morning yeah. and then someone's there it sucks oh, man but... it's frustrating when someone goes well they beat me to this spot so i'm going to set up down this way and yep. then the sun comes up and you're like this dude's 100 yards away from me you know it's <laughs> yep. it's very frustrating it keeps yep. uh private leases in business for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh this one not as popular. Like it wasn't mentioned as often, but uh I've heard you talk about this one before. Don't follow right behind me. Like if if you're we're hunting as a group, it's like if you're two feet behind me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that annoys you. I want a little bit
1: of space. And I don't want you getting mad at me when you get hit in the face with a stick (laughs) because it's not my, I'm not going to walk through the woods and like gently guide every branch back so that it doesn't spring into your face. Yeah. If you stay six feet back, those things can, I don't need to turn around and, and gently release (laughs) each branch. I can just walk through them and let them fly. And you're back far enough that. Not a big deal. It's not gonna hit you. Yeah. But I'm guilty of it, you know? Yeah. I, I was telling Connor when we were <laughs> hunting a few weeks ago. I'm like, dude, if you don't stay two feet behind me, they won't hit you in the face. And then he he took the lead for a little while. And sure enough, wham, wow, <laughs> right in my face. I'm like, hey dude. And he's like, he, he turns around. I'm like, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm right behind you. Let me just <laughs> let me move a few feet um, back.
0: I, I can honestly say I, I haven't really thought about this one hardly at all so yeah i'm not it's, it's I'm whatever not super passionate yeah. about
1: it it's one of those things that like it works itself out right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you get hit in the face you by a branch, the face, you're gonna, and either i'm gonna gently like let each branch back or you're gonna back off six yeah, feet yeah. and i'm not gonna start letting
0: <laughs> branches back so well, you'll figure it out um so moving on we only got a couple left uh bird comes up two people shoot the person that very obviously didn't shoot it my bird oh no i hit that bird (laughs) you hit that one (laughs) no that one's
1: mine yeah that's mine yeah
0: Yeah, the the always that's my guy (laughs) so again
1: this one's real simple when it's um you know when you've shot like 30 mallards that year right the next mallard drake that comes in yeah, well, yeah, sure, man. You shot it. I'm not gonna
0: say that. <laughs> yeah. As
1: soon as that bird's got a band on it, then it's Yo. a different story. Mm-hmm. Or when it's, you know, name your species of bird that you've never oh man, it's a pentail Drake that's in perfect condition and you've been wanting to mount a pentail or whatever. Yeah, it becomes it's like, no, I'm not arguing I shot this bird.
0: Yeah. Right. So it's uh it's simple. Yeah. There, there are some cases you have multiple guns pulling on the same bird. There mm-hmm. are some cases, and we've seen it, to where it's just like both people shot at the same time. And it's yeah. just like, what are you, are you going to cut the bird in half and give it to each one? Right. But majority of the time, if you really s- slow it down, play it back in your head, you know who shot the bird. Okay? If you shoot and then afterwards another shot goes down, it's like, you know which shot took it down it sometimes it is hard to tell sometimes yeah with experience
1: uh the best way i've seen this saw i was duck hunting in louisiana this year with connor and he's 12 so of course every at first he's like oh man i missed that i missed that well then when he finally connected with one every duck that dropped after that was I killed my first pintail. Killed my first cams back. You know, look at this green wing tail. I mean, he's just like, I killed that, I killed that, I killed that. And he's the guy's new. They're yeah. like, Okay, he's a young kid that's excited about it. Be, We've yeah. all been there before. And uh guy we're hunting with goes, Well, Connor, I guess you're limited out on pintails, man. Don't shoot any more of those. Yep. He goes, Well, I mean, I don't really know if I hit that thing. Huh? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you know, truth yeah. comes out, buddy. You well, want to keep
0: shooting. Well, I mean, I, And what's sad is when the experienced hunter is the that's mine guy. Yeah. And so I mean, we went on one trip a few years back, and uh, I, I didn't even have a gun in my hand this time, and and we we're having a rough go of it. We hadn't hadn't had too much success yet, and we went out with a guy who's got all the opportunity in the world, experienced hunter, more pheasant tails hanging on the wall than. Anyone else and Austin is out out there. Berg gets up. I'm watching from the truck, like I'm. It, I'm not even out there, right? I see the rooster come up. I see Austin shoot, or I actually see the other guy shoot. He completely whiffed. Like another five seconds passes. Austin shoots. It goes down. Who do you think said, "That's mine"? Oh man. The experienced guy and and I'm just sitting here and Austin comes back to the truck. he's like did I did I miss it? I'm like nah dude like you you got that. Yeah. You nailed that. And uh stuff like that it's like come on guys like I know everybody wants it. Right. That's why we're out there. Well not why, but one of the reasons why we're out there. Sure. But it's just like come on. Be, be again back to honesty. Yeah. And and back to
1: the etiquette like if you're the guy that's killed a bunch of pheasants even if you know that you shot that thing and the other guy hasn't killed as many pheasants or whatever and it's way more important to him than just yeah let know, it go if he thinks he got it let him say yeah. he got
0: it now to his credit at the end of the week experienced guy gave us a bunch of pheasant meat to take home so yeah, he just wanted <laughs> here you can have some of my pheasants yeah yeah so uh but yeah i mean we, we've we all been there and it's just like just slow it down play it in your head you, you know deep down there are those special cases though uh last one hot spotting oh man <laughs> that's a that's kind of a big one to, to end on so we won't take forever on this one but yeah yeah i think Uh, the most frustrating
1: there's a bunch of different like types of hot spotting the most frustrating for a lot of people is when you take someone to a spot and it's like hey never come back here you know this is my spot even if it's public land we we feel like we start to own that spot like you're not allowed to come back here because i showed you that spot which i treat things that way if someone takes me to a spot and i know they're taking me to the honey hole I'm not going to go back there unless they've said, Hey, feel free to hunt this spot. Yeah. But if I take someone to a spot, I am thinking of it as they're going to come back and hunt this. Yeah. Even if you have, you know, the secret handshake at the truck that they're never going to come back to it. I I guess what I'm saying is if I don't want people to go hunt it without me, I don't take them there yeah. because they're going to go back. Yeah. I've, I've never taken someone to a spot before public land and said, Hey man, this is our spot, right? <laughs> wink, and then wink, they nudge, don't go. Nudge. Yeah, and then they don't go back. And, on and it. it just happens. And newsflash,
0: they're not only going back by themselves; they're taking their buddy, and, and then their buddy takes yeah. their friends, and then you their, don't have a spot anymore. Their brother, their uncle, their dad, whatever. So, uh, if it's that
1: important to you, don't take people to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, or blindfold them. Yeah, social media is real big on this too we've all all seen it to where somebody's just like hey got this bird within a matter of minutes there's always that one guy where is that right and not all those guys are looking for the exact spot that you're hunting like i get that like but generally it's just like if it happens to me i'll be like i'll give him a general area like i'm not going to be the the rude guy like in america no, yeah, in like, the woods yeah but you know it's to me it's like even even giving a public land wma like it's just like okay especially if it's a big one now if it's one of the small like 200 acre yeah. quail spots i'm not going to tell you but it, i mean if we're talking about you know 50,000 acres it's like hey go find it
1: (laughs) yeah i think a lot of times when people ask where did you get that they're not wanting a grid coordinate they're wanting to know a general area yeah so that they have an idea of you know a little shimmer of hope in in middle tennessee that there's still some wild quail around here where'd you get that uh you know i'll give a general description but i'm yeah i'm not going to tell you where i got it yeah and I'm even going to be careful about giving you enough information that you could put it together with other info and figure out where I got it, yep. you know? But I don't think people are always, they don't always have ill intentions when they're asking. No. They're just wanting
0: information. Some, pe- some people are just
1: blunt, and they don't know how to phrase it better than but that. But then once they have that information, yeah, it's just too much of a temptation, and they've got to go hunt that spot. Oh, yeah. So it looks yeah. like they started out by, the like, the reason they asked was to yeah. get your spot
0: and it's one of those like i don't mind helping people out on social media it's like if it's a general question like hey what area like what are you looking for okay like i'll help you out but it's just like hey like will you take me to that spot I'm like, dude I, I didn't even talk to you like i don't know yeah. who you are besides your name next to your picture like that's. Yeah. uh but yeah i mean it's just there's other stuff like you're saying somebody takes me to their spot I always ask them, "Hey, do you care if I come back here, you know, later on?" Most of the time if you ask like you said, you're taking somebody to public ground, they know and they're going to be like, "No, I don't care, but at least it's out of the way." Right. And so it's just, you know, it's I, etiquette. I've, it's I've, to ask. Yeah, I've never had somebody say, no, you can't come back here again. It's, I don't know how I would react on that one. Like, I'm not going to be like, yeah. well, screw you, dude. Well, but uh, I mean, it's, I haven't been in that position yet. That's
1: basic etiquette, right? Yeah. I come into your house one time and you say, here, you want some of this whiskey?
0: Well, if yeah. I go
1: back and immediately fill my glass, you might be like, dude, you know,
0: Joe, offer, <laughs> <laughs> offer,
1: offer me another one, and then you are probably gonna say, "Help yourself." Yeah, you know, and then yeah, that probably means the next time I come over, I am probably just going yep. straight to your bottle. Yeah, <laughs> without asking. Yep, you told me last time, help myself. Help your, exactly. It, the, same, the, the same example applies, right? Like yep. it's rude to just assume that you can just keep going back yep. until you are told. Yeah, yeah, you can keep going back, well, but once I offer someone you know a drink I'm going to assume that they're going to keep going back just like when I take someone to a hunting spot I'm going to assume that they're going to keep
0: going back yep and another quick caveat on this if somebody's nice enough to take you to a spot don't keep hammering them for more spots Yeah. don't be like Dave Chappelle on that crack episode like hey man you got any more of them (laughs) hot spots like you you know just, just be grateful that they took you be grateful they showed you a spot, helped you out a little bit. If they invite you again later, go, but don't always be that like, hey man, spot into
1: your rotation. Don't yes. go back there all
0: the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz then you ruin it for everyone. You wear it out. Exactly. So that's that's my whole list. You got anything that pops up in your head that we haven't covered? No, I think we covered just about everything. Really. Yeah, enough gripes. Oh, there's more out there, but we covered a bunch. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, if you don't have anything else, then I guess we'll wrap this up and uh, we'll think about what we want to grab about n- next week or in a couple weeks about training etiquette and you guys can look forward to that. And Yeah, if you have any ideas, shoot us an email, let us know. Sounds good. See you guys next week. Have a good one. Thank you
1: for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting.